fly, eagles fly on the road to victory. Fight, 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 eagles fight. Score a touchdown. One, two, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high, and watch our eagles fly. Fly, eagles fly on the road to victory. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Welcome to episode 50 of All the Small Takes. It's our big 5-0, our golden anniversary. There's no one that I would rather be spending it with than these two gentlemen on the screen in front of me. It's John, it's Cooper, it's a Monday night, and we're here uh, in daylight savings time, which is uh, which is nice. See you guys in the... We're podcasting in the daylight for the first time in what feels like about six months. So how are you guys doing? How's uh, how's everything going? Not coping well with daylight savings time, to be honest. It's been rough. Would really hope that we're not going back. Like, let's all pull a Florida and not go back at the end of this year. So mm. that'd be dope. Well, is Florida? I thought uh, Arizona also does it. So oh, well, we should just... yeah, but Florida was the one that passed the law this year, though. Oh. Brand new okay. thing. This fall, they'll be in their own time zone. Well, Florida is like basically like Florida is its own kind of animal. Yeah. Anyway, nice. Cooper, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Still trying to find loopholes to find ways to to be the next head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm. How's that going? Uh, not well, but I'm trying to convince them right now that I could be a better head coach than Ty Lue, uh, just by not doing anything, which I think is true. I mean, he himself kind of like admitted this. You know, he said that the Cleveland Cavaliers were better off. The four players that they had acquired were better off before the trade deadline. And then once he like had the time to get his hands on the team, do all of the weird things that he does, now they all of a sudden suck. So that's not really. not exactly what you want to hear from your head coach. That admitting well, that at least the he's team honest. Was, yeah, yeah, can respect that, I guess. John, <laughs> you okay? What's going on in your end? Sorry. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but Vader is just like going crazy. He's playing with this little ball, and it's making a lot of noise. So I don't know if I don't know if that's quite making it through the mic. It is, but that's okay. okay. Vader's a longtime listener. He deserves some airtime. That's great. That's great. Um, Cooper, I think you should take to Twitter to uh, further your cases. The next question. Oh, look at the timing. Cooper just tweeted from the All the Small Takes account. I know, shocking. Well, this is really the only time I can tweet is when I'm podcasting. <laughs> you, you only—that is true. You only tweet either in the middle of our podcast or when, like, right after a Cavs loss, or like during a Cavs game where you feel the Cavs have been slighted. Yeah, that's true. Oh gosh. But on that note, uh, check out the Twitter. It's at Small Takes Coopers. Just tweeted uh, that we have our golden anniversary episode coming soon, which it's uh, being recorded as we speak. So. Check that out. Tune in periodically for updates on the Cavs and only the Cavs, nothing else. Uh, also, check out our Facebook, <laughs> Gmail, all the small takes at gmail.com, the Instagram, which has not been updated in 11 months, and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> five, five stars. <laughs> How many reviews do we have these days? It's been a while since I've checked. Um, we'll do a live update right now. All right. While you're doing that, um, I had a laundry list of like house cleaning things. Um, Daylight savings was one of them. The gold anniversary was another one. So check and check. Uh, the MLS is back. 
Oh, I just yeah. wanted to, to that do is a little, back. A little yeah, like a quarter, probably a week and a half. Yep. Wait, but yeah, it's back. That's okay. It's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah, that's true. Um, we are we are holding steady at fifteen uh, reviews. I guess I was wondering. All five stars. So unanimous approval. Unanimous. <laughs> that's the entire electoral college there. Yeah. Seventy-five stars for those of you counting at home. So. <laughs> <laughs> And that was math. Um, no, any thoughts on the MLS? In Columbus news, the crew are potentially having a, uh, the state might, or the, I don't know if it's the state or the city, the uh, Ohio Attorney General, uh, so John, you can decipher what that means, uh, is potentially suing the ownership. Is suing. Oh, he should sue the ownership. Yeah. Is uh, suing. It's happening. Which is an encouraging step forward. I don't know. Uh, I was reading like that. Basically, if he decides to move before they can rule on the uh, case, then there's really no recourse for the city or the state. Like they've never yep. forced a team to move back to a city, but it's definitely more encouraging than news that's come out in like the last three or four months about the crew being moved and ripped away from the city of Columbus. You really think that? You think that's encouraging? I do think that's encouraging. Oh, I would say it's the opposite of encouraging because. Okay, never mind. No, please, no, this, no, 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 like this is good. I want, I want your thoughts. You, All right, so you don't burn bridges I mean, because it, yeah, it forced Don Garber to basically release a statement saying that he has uh, firmly sided with uh, Anthony Precourt and uh, supported his move to Austin. And is Don Garber the MLS, now the MLS commissioner? Yeah, MLS commissioner. But see, now what that means is the MLS is probably going to get sued for antitrust yes. infringements. And what the MLS is going to do then is they're going to say, we'll put another franchise in Columbus. Don't sue us. They're going to t take a take a page out of the Major League Baseball playbook. <laughs> just just when you're threatened <laughs> to get sued, just give up, just give franchises out. And then all the suits go away. And then I'm also not, in, I mean, I don't know, like all the legal terms and legalese, but what John's for. I don't think that not legal advice, though. No, not legal advice. I don't think that the like grounds that the Ohio whatever person, attorney, attorney general, general is yeah, using yeah. yeah to sue the crew necessarily, I don't know, really applies to Anthony Precourt because what is he suing bought. him for? It's the know. it's the um it's the art what's his name? The guy who moved the Art Modell Law. The Art Modell yeah. Law, thank you. Um it was put in place after he moved the team to Baltimore in the nineties. Um, but it's never. This would be the first case that's actually like been tried against that particular piece of legislation. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I think it is encouraging because he's been approached. Precourt has with tons of offers to buy a team. That's not obviously an avenue at this point that can that the city can go down. So this seems kind of like a last ditch effort. And the city's going to have to build him a stadium if they want to keep him here, and the city doesn't want to do that. Well, they shouldn't. But I mean, in in not that, wow! I can't believe I'm about to take the stance of defending the owner. Um, <laughs> I couldn't imagine myself ever doing that before. But you know, the Columbus Crew really are in like the bottom. Uh, I don't know, bottom 25 percent if that's accurate, but they do seem to be at the bottom of the league when it comes to like attendance, uh, sales, and all that sort of stuff. Even though they repeatedly do well on the field, I just don't know if that stadium where it's situated in Columbus can be successful. Oh, it's terribly located. It's horribly located. It's also decrepit. It's a it's bad stadium. The oldest, I think, it is the oldest soccer stadium. 
uh, in well, MLS. It's so. also in, in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, all right. I mean, I, time no, out. I'm not, gonna let this. Time I'm not out. saying I'm not saying it's a bad place, but I'm Low saying there are, there are major metropolitan areas that don't have an MLS team, like Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, but I'm yeah. I'm talking like just sheer population. Once again, there, Cincinnati. There are bigger markets that that could support an MLS team easier. Agreed. Down seventy five or seventy one, about eighty five miles, eighty eight miles. Now, yeah, I don't get why he didn't sell the the team and just get another franchise from the MLS. Like that would have that would have been the easiest thing for them to do. He's been so. What is the rumored is that he's been talking to Austin for like three years. Um, well, I mean, and that's a whole other issue because the MLS has been negotiating with San Antonio, I think, on a franchise. Yes. And if they and if a team were to go to Austin. The San Antonio one would be foreclosed. Like they wouldn't be able to get that. And the city of San Antonio has already invested money in it. And so they're threatening to sue the MLS if a team moves, if the team moves to Austin, because then they have all these equ- equitable issues. It's a nightmare that the, the MLS has built for Yeah, themselves. they can't really get out of their own way. And their ownership structure is completely screwed. And we've spent too long talking about this. Cooper, you seem like you're distraught. I'll let you have the final word and then we'll move on to college basketball. Well, I mean, yeah, John, I think John was getting to, towards that at the end. Uh, I don't think we can ever like jump into this conversation thinking that the MLS is rational because yeah. they're not. I mean, just look at the current like MLS expansion process where they've held three teams basically in limbo for the past like four months when clearly I think FC Cincinnati is the only viable option left and they're just like waiting and waiting, installing, installing, even though Sacramento doesn't even have like an ownership group and Detroit doesn't have a stadium. So yeah, I just think we can't ever think that the MLS is acting rationally because they never really have. Hmm. I was talking soccer. (laughs) Yeah, that was a house cleaning item that turned into a topic, which is okay. uh, It's been a while since we've talked some soccer on the podcast. Never a bad thing. Uh, What we were meaning to talk about and what we will talk about and what we're about to talk about is March Madness. The brackets were revealed yesterday as we're recording this Sunday, Selection Sunday. Um, we're not going to be the one billionth person to pile on how bad the selection show was, because um, apparently they decided they need to do it in alphabetical order rather than revealing it in the format that the tournament has always revealed it in. Um, but before we get into our actual picks and some thoughts on the uh, the teams that did make the field, we wanted to quickly touch on our alma mater, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who were unfortunately left on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament. And had a unique case, one that the tournament really hadn't, which is amazing this hasn't come up before. That was one of my first reactions. Like the, the committee said, this is the first time we've had to deal with a situation where a player, Bonzi Colson, the team's best player, was out for a majority of the season. Um, and they had to consider that when deciding whether or not to put them in. Notre Dame did not get in. Um, one of the committee members came out and said that because uh, Rhode Island, I think it was, yeah. got beat by Davidson in their conference tournament, and Davidson stole that at large. Uh, restored the conference win, which gave Rhode Island the at-large. That was the spot that Notre Dame was intended to have. Um, but my take, and then I'll let you guys weigh in, is that there are at least three teams in the field that I think Notre Dame is uh, head and shoulders above better, and that is Syracuse, Arizona State, and Oklahoma. Those are three teams that – and if you look at it from a perspective of which team is capable of actually making a run to like the second weekend and challenging – other teams in the tournament, I think Notre Dame is like passes that test above all those teams. So um, I know you guys, we were talking about this a little beforehand, have some different thoughts. Cooper, why don't we start with you? 
Um, should Notre Dame have a bet in? Maybe. I, okay, so before I said no, I'll change it to maybe, but really my answer is it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, the tournament already has, in my opinion, too many teams. I mean, like, literally, you can probably only name, like, 10 teams that actually have a chance to win this tournament. Um, and I don't think Notre Dame would have had a chance to win. And, yeah, I understand that as a, like, Notre Dame player, it sucks to be left out of the tournament because, I mean, that's where you want to be and you at least want the chance and the opportunity. And as a player and as a fan, you think that your team can beat any team on, like, any given day. But in reality, I don't think Notre Dame had a chance to win the tournament. That being said, I get that their their resume is tricky. Like, I just think even with Bonzi, they had those two bad losses losses at the beginning of the season with Bonzi. Uh, they lost to Ball State, and then I think they needed one more win in the ACC tournament. And they didn't get it. Um, I think teams that I would like, if I am USC, I'm I'm pretty ticked off that Arizona State made it into the field ahead of me. Um, I think St. Mary's also got the short stick, but I just like, I don't know. There are teams like that every year, and in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't matter, but it's fun to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. Going into the selection Sunday, I think I told Caitlin and other people that I didn't think Notre Dame was going to make it in because I thought enough of the at-large, I thought at that point in time, enough of the at-large bids had gotten pushed to conference champions who should have been in anyway. But I, so I don't know about this whole, you know, URI didn't get an automatic bid. And that at large bid was supposed to be Notre Dame's. I don't know about that. I feel like that's kind of like a, a dumb statement to make. Um, but anyway, I think Notre Dame is better than Virginia Tech. I think Notre Dame is better than probably Syracuse, Arizona State. So that's two teams because Arizona State and Syracuse technically aren't in the field right now. Um, and then... Every year I look at the tournament and I'm like, why is this team seeded where they are? This doesn't make any sense. And it's kind of because a lot of it's random. Um, <laughs> for being perfectly honest, there's no objective way to say that these 68 te- like these teams are better than the other teams. You can maybe get the first three right. But even when you get to number four, it gets a little weird and iffy. And that's only because generally the top three teams have played each other or have played teams that have like I've played good teams that have played the other team. And so you have some comparative body of work. Um, so I don't know. I I don't care about like, oh, this team was seated up one more. Or this team was seated down one more. And the thing that kicks me off more is how they pair up the teams. Because uh, there's this hybrid method where they go, they go kind of pure seeding where number one overall seed plays like the, the, the weakest, so it's supposed to play the weakest two seed and, and the weakest two seed plays the highest three seed or whatever. And, you know, it, it's supposed to filter its way all the way down. But they, like, do that for, like, two levels. And then they flip to, like, this, well, we want to find the best region. And then they flip back to it. And then they flip back to region again. And it's, like, flip-flop, 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 flip-flop. You know, it's dumb. Uh, just just do a pure seeding and let the let the regions fall where they may. And just let Villanova play in Philadelphia for once. But that's never going to happen. So. <laughs> it never happens. It's it's just it's never gonna happen, and it's like why why can't they ever play in Philly? I mean, Kansas always gets to play within like seems like they always get to play within like four hours of Kansas, but it's never been like they never played in Kansas City. Actually, mm. that might not be true, but um, they never they played might have in like Lawrence. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they should do it like the uh, NIT and just have teams host. I don't know. Well, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean that'd be fun. 
That's what I want for the college football playoff. Mm. And if you don't stop me now, we're gonna. That's where we're and coming. Here we so are. So. Back to college football. <laughs> Jokes on you guys. We're just gonna dovetail this into the college football preview. So who do you guys like in the SEC next year? Uh, Villanova. Kidding. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um. No, we are going to do uh, – we tossed around a couple ideas. We originally were going to do – we are going to pick all 32 first-round games. And we quickly came to our senses and said, no, we will not do this to our loyal listeners. <laughs> we already put you through us redrafting the uh, NBA All-Star teams for eight minutes and determined that was the worst eight minutes of podcast we'd ever done. It would have been better if you were competitive. Well, competitive is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also, for this March Madness, we were going to do uh, give all of our Sweet 16 matchups, but we realized 16 is only slightly less insufferable than 32. And so instead, what we've settled on is uh, a very old segment that we've done maybe once or twice uh, called Superlatives. And just like the high school yearbook Superlatives, we are going to give our most likely twos uh, for the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Uh, with all the NCAA tournament like tropes and uh, recurring themes that you'll see in here. And we will start with maybe the most tropiest of tropes, the 12 over 5 upset uh, in the first round, which some insane like 12 out of the last 13 years, there's been at least one. Some years, all four 12s beat the fives. So who, John, is your most likely 12 over 5 upset? Well... I was going to just take yours, like Cooper has done on the Google Doc, but that would um, that'd be dishonorable. So I decided not to. Uh, so instead, I'm going to say uh, South Dakota State. I hate you. Well, who I mean, who plays Ohio State? Because, uh-huh. I mean, like, <laughs> so like Murray State's playing West Virginia, and it's like, yeah, that might happen, but I don't know. West Virginia, I like West Virginia a lot. So that's not going to happen. And I'm going to skip yours and not talk about that. And then we have Kentucky and Davidson. And I watched Davidson play the other play in the, the championship against URI. And it was bad. Like, it was not good basketball. Um, so I'm not going to pick them to beat uber-talented Kentucky. So that really just leaves me with South Dakota State and Ohio State. And Ohio State has that guy that their announcer pronounces his name wrong and stretches it out. Um, so they have that going for them. Yeah, mates. <laughs> Yeah, or something. He says Diao, but it's like Diab, and I, I don't know. It's bizarre. <laughs> um, but South Dakota State won 28 games this year, and they're the Jackrabbits. So who doesn't love that? All right, there you have it, South Dakota State. Cooper, what about you? Yeah, so I'm going to steal Jeffs, and I'm picking New Mexico State over Clemson. So I don't know. I ruled out the Murray State over West Virginia thing pretty quickly. Uh, the Davidson over Kentucky, technically, according to ESPN, so like Basketball Power Index, um, is the most likely 12 or 5 to happen. Hmm. But I don't see that at all. I actually think Kentucky is probably one of the hotter teams heading into the tournament. And like John said, they're super talented. The reason they struggled you know, at the beginning of the year is because it's you know, the youngest team in possibly the history of basketball. And I don't see Ohio State losing because you know, I'm a Buckeye, so that's not going to happen. And so that left me with New Mexico State over Clemson. New Mexico State, I think, only has, what, five losses, six losses, something like that. Um, So that's a pretty impressive record. And I didn't know Clemson played basketball until this year. Um, This Kentucky team feels a lot like the team that went to the, was it the National Championship? When the the, the first year of the Twins? Yeah, the Harrison Twins. And they were like like an eighth seed. Yeah. Yeah. 
that was the year that they uh, they busted my bracket in the first week by beating Wichita State. Uh, un- that was the undefeated Wichita State Shockers with Ron Baker and Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> getting, ups- getting upset by Kentucky, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the terrible year. <laughs> I put all my eggs in the Wichita State back- basket. and <laughs> for First weekend, poof. But that's that's every year, actually. Uh, Cooper spoiled mine. I also uh, like New Mexico State over Clemson. I just think the SEC is not very good. Yeah, I don't garbage. really trust any team besides Kentucky. Wait, excuse me. Did you say Clemson is in the yeah, SEC? Did you say SEC? Clemson's in the ACC. Clemson's in the ACC, aren't they? Get okay. Out. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. So full disclosure. Why don't we just move on? <laughs> They're full good at football. I know nothing about anything. Play in the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's pretty close to my thought process. <laughs> Wow. All right. I'm getting humbled on a Monday night. Um, 16 over one are most likely 16. I'm shook right now. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, moving on. Most likely 16 over one, which has never happened. But the 16 over one upset, we all love to talk ourselves into the one team. Maybe they jump out to like an early lead at the first media timeout. And yeah, uh, everyone gets excited, and then they end up losing by forty. But who uh, who stands the best chance this year? Um, and looking at the Google Doc, I think we're all in alignment here. Yeah, Penn over Kansas. Yeah, I think uh, none of us like Kansas. And then I think to <laughs> me, the other, yeah, the other thing that stands out <laughs> is I think every single year it's almost like we fear the Ivy League matchup. Uh, and I would, if I'm a Jayhawk fan, I'm pretty frustrated with the you know committee putting matching me up against an Ivy League team in the first round. So I don't think that's an easy thing to do. So yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. John, anything to add? I mean, we all we were all on the same page here, but I mean I'm trying to figure out where the game is and I'm guessing it's not in Lawrence, Kansas or in Kansas City. So I mean people wonder why Kansas deflates so much when they go away from home and it's because the referees aren't playing for them at that point. So, you know, it's gonna be brutal for them. I'm trying to figure out where it is. It's at Intrust Bank Arena, yeah, which Wichita. is in which oh, it's in Wichita. There you go. I told oh, you. Well, never mind then. Okay, so Kansas is gonna is gonna pull it out like a couple last second free. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna outshoot Penn from the free throw line by like sixty. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like Penn. I, I would have picked um, whatever team was playing Xavier because I think Xavier's. I mean, this is kind of jumping ahead, but the next one is weakest one seed, kind of. Um, and I, I really think Xavier's the weakest one seed, but the team, but the the team they're playing is going to have to have already played a game. So I think that just stacks against them. Um, yeah, I love Kansas too. Uh, this combines my two favorite things, which is Kansas losing in the early rounds and then the Ivy League upsetting somebody. Um, moving into the one that John just alluded to, uh, the most likely number one, and this is more of a realistic one, to not make it out of the first weekend. Which this actually does seem to happen just about every year. Like I think last year, uh, RIP to John's Nova Wildcats busted my bracket, his bracket, lots of brackets. They lost in the second round last year. Um, John, since you already kind of alluded to it, you think Xavier is the most uh, susceptible one seed? Yeah, I mean, because I think they're going to play Florida State. Not that Florida State's amazing at basketball, but I don't know. I don't quite trust Creighton enough to beat Virginia, which would be the other one I would go to. Um, besides. And beating Kansas, I, I think those are the two I look at because um, Creighton can be really good when they're shooting the three, but they're like 
they don't just live and die by the three. They just like, that's it. There's, there is nothing beyond the three point line for the blue Jays. Um, so yeah. So I'll take that one. I'll take Florida state over it. What I think would be Florida state or Missouri over Xavier. Um, I have a couple of comments. One, I, I find it funny that you, the only one that you did not mention, the only ones you did not mention in that was Villanova. I didn't mention Kansas either. Well, no, no, you did. did. Yeah, you, you, said, you said you said unless well, Kansas lose to Penn. Because Villanova's going to win the national championship this year, so it doesn't. Oh, they can't lose the first weekend. Come on, guys. Um, and then also, basically, since Kyle Korver played at Creighton, everyone just assumes that they shoot the lights out from three, and that's all they do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is it not true? true. <laughs> Have I you know, watched them this I mean, year? No, you haven't watched. Have you watched a single? Oh, I guess they played Nova. Never. Uh, they played Nova, and uh, they played. I watched the tournament game this week. I, don't uh, know. I watched it feels like Providence. yeah like what you like you always assume like certain teams have certain personalities like West Virginia is a great example and I feel like Creighton's personality is perpetually like the live and die by the three team I mean it's kind of what Villanova does too the difference is Villanova plays defense and Creighton doesn't okay Cooper what about you okay so I don't think Missouri or four state present a tough matchup for Xavier and as much as I want to pick Kansas here, because I just can't stand Kansas, and I can't stand watching them beat West Virginia, it just like mm. feels like a dagger in the heart every single time it happens. Um, I think they walk over Seton Hall or NC State, so I'm kind of left with the top of the bracket. And I, as much as John's going to hate this, but tread carefully, Cooper. I don't think it's going to happen, right? Like I will be very clear about that. But I think the most likely scenario is Nova losing to Alabama. That's disgusting. Because I, I don't know if I'm going to I look at players and Dude, Colin, Colin Sexton, Sexton is, is oh, unreal. Colin Sexton ran the length of the court. He ran the length of the court and scored a basket and then his team got kicked around by Kentucky. Okay. True. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I would put it like very low possibility. But you asked me which one is most likely. And I think that is it, that Colin Sexton just carries Alabama to a win over Villanova. I think Creighton or Kansas State is more likely to beat Virginia than Alabama being carried by one guy to beat Villanova. I don't know. The weird things happen in the tournament with just like one star player just winning a game. But Colin Sexton's not a star player. He's a guy who has one play. He's a lottery pick next year. What are you talking about? He's a lottery pick next year. He's a star player. Goodness gracious. We reverted to like second grade arguments, which is <laughs> repeating the same exact words that I just said. Um, John John's head got a little big after he won uh, last uh-huh. episode of Right on a high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have to go with Kansas here, I think. Um, and not just because I love watching Bill South lose in March, and not just because I hope they lose to Penn. I also think that their second round matchup could be trouble. Um, NC State is an explosive team um, from a good conference, the ACC, where Clemson also plays. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and as a bouquet, um, did not play in the Big 12 tournament, had back issues, which is always a troubling thing for a big man, any sort of injuries for a big man. And without him on the floor, Kansas resorts pretty heavily to three-point shooting. And that's the kind of thing where... What what what? Uh, that's what that's sorry. That Big Twelve championship game. I'm just like having flashbacks of Kansas. You know what I Googled while you were uh while you were talking about that? I, I, I was trying to figure out and John, you're gonna laugh at this. Um who the with the Greek myth of like pushing the rock up the hill 
Yeah. Sisyphus. Sisyphus. That's West Virginia against Kansas. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and that was talking mythology. Um, right. <laughs> let's, do just, let's just do one more of these because um, we want to get to our uh, our final four dream scenarios as well as another segment. Um, let's do a most likely mid-major to make it to the second weekend. So most likely mid-major to make it out this of This is just going to turn uh, into an argument as to what a mid-major is because yeah. I'm going to protest pretty heavily when John picks Nova. Oh, jo- oh okay, yeah. Let's just – we'll start with you, John. <laughs> Defend yourself. Okay, so what's the definition of a mid-major? <laughs> I would love you to – Prove it to me because I I agree with Cooper. I don't think Villanova is a mid major. I'm assuming that you're just using the the football groupings, which is the Power Five conferences no. and everyone else. Villanova doesn't have a football team for one. I know that's why I'm saying they're everyone else. Well, they do have a football team. They won the national. They've won the national championship in the last five years. Um, thank you very much. Okay, hold on. We're gonna put a caveat on this then because I'm looking at the bracket. You could find all sorts of like exceptions, and I know this is gonna make you both mad. Well, yeah, because um, Cincinnati. A, a the team, reason that Cincinnati's not a mid major. A team seated five or lower. A team seated five right. or lower. If we trust Wikipedia, if we trust Wikipedia, it is any conference that is not among the so-called Power Five conferences. Okay. Okay. So that's dumb. It's a basketball school. Which that as well, uh, oh, 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 time out. Lower. That's nope, it. That, that's mid major. Mid major is a term used in American. De- I didn't. I didn't read on. Mm. It includes conferences not among the Power Five, the Big East, the American, the A10, and the Mountain West. Can't lie on the A10. Wait, the A10 is it? It yeah, discludes you from being a mid major <laughs> team. Uh, this actually got harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. I'm not right. Pivot uh, pivot party. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. We can pivot to uh, wait because I would have picked Rhode Island, but Rhode Island's in the eight. No, let's do this. Well, let's, fine. We'll make it like a bandwagon pick. So, like, who is your kind of dark horse team most likely to make it to second weekend? A team that's going to come out of nowhere, John. Can't be okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, gosh. Uh, well, yeah, why not? Um, I think UNC might be a little overseeded as a two seed, just in terms of like what they've done this year and their consistency. Uh, so I'll take Providence, just really coming out of nowhere, if that's the definition. Providence played Nova kind of tough. Uh, they beat Xavier, so they've got two good, they had, they've played two good games. Uh, Friars. Friars, they're Dominicans, they're Catholic in theory. So. <laughs> <laughs> you beat Texas A&M in the first round, and then you hang tough with UNC, and you use Cooper's theory to have this one power, one great player take you over the top. So we'll do we'll do Providence. Okay, Cooper, what about you? I have no idea. I think Cooper doesn't even know what what the parameters of this, and I'm not even sure I do either. Alpha um, Alpha Diallo is the guy who's going to lead Providence over UNC. For everyone at home. Okay. Yeah, I'm so lost without rules. Um, like I'm tempted just to say Syracuse. Okay, there are no, they don't fit the. <laughs> no, no, because I think we we modified this to be just. Okay, well, like, Sy- no, no, no Syracuse. Syracuse oh is garbage. You can't pick Syracuse. No, I'll, I'll allow Syracuse. I feel like I will not. Bullied. I will not. I will protest strongly. Protest right, fine, Syracuse. Fine, Houston. Houston will be my pick, which is right above Providence. Houston's a top six scoring defense. Is that a thing in basketball? Pulling out the scoring stats. defense. 
Yeah, it's like field goal. I don't know. Oh, it's yeah. is it scores against? Yeah, points okay. against points allowed. Um, Houston plays pretty tough defense. I can't name a single player on Houston, and I can't believe I'm gonna pick them to beat Michigan because that's never gonna happen. But I'm pressured, and so I'm going with them. Calvin Sampson. That's true. Michigan hasn't played in a week, so maybe they'll be rusty after playing it's it. It's gonna be classic They're round one game. versus. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. You take that Montana pick down there, Jeff. That's waiting for you. I'm looking real hard at uh, Iona over Duke because I, I saw someone tweet this. Iona just sounds like a school that Duke would lose to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the Iona Gales. But no, I think I'm going to actually uh, – I'm actually going to go with New Mexico State going back to my pick of the 12 or 5. I think they have a really good chance to beat Clemson and then theoretically if Auburn – and that's, I think – where my SEC confusion came in because I was looking at Clemson Auburn and thinking that was a really weak five and four potential second round matchup, um, and my brain just like blanked for a second. Anyway, I like New Mexico State uh, as a as a potential double digit seed to make it to the second weekend. And with that, let's do uh, this is kind of a fire four, not really a fire four, but while the slate is still clean here before the tournament has started, we wanted to give our dream final four scenarios. Matchups that we will likely not see, but we would love to see for various reasons. Why don't we just give all four of ours uh, at once? And we'll start with you. We'll start with you, John. Um, your dream Final Four scenario. Okay, uh, so uh, first one is, of course, Villanova playing in the Final Four because that's always a dream. Um, and then, uh, but they'll be playing UPenn in a classic Big Five matchup. Not at the Palestra, unfortunately, because Philly doesn't get the host. You know matchups like these but they'll be playing UPenn probably crush them because I think they destroyed UPenn the two times they played them this season but that'd be great it'd be a great Cinderella story for the 16 seed the Ivy League school to not only upset Kansas but then make it all the way to the final four and probably beat Duke at the same time really really great uh really great storyline and then they lose to Villanova and uh the other matchup the other side is the the Sean Miller Bowl uh Arizona versus Xavier um because I think that could happen, right? They're on the right sides. Mm, I trust you. Yeah, Arizona. Yeah, Arizona versus Xavier. Uh, but midway through the first quarter, Sean Miller's are, Sean Miller has already sweat through his shirt. Um, one of his assistant coaches is wearing a wire, who is also sweat through his shirt, and then he starts kind of like sh- starts shorting out. Um, <laughs> and the FBI comes in and arrests uh, arrests Sean Miller. While that's going on, a brawl breaks out on the floor between the Xavier players and the the Arizona Wildcats. And the NCAA just has to kind of vacate that that uh, that regional, and so they just they just go ahead and give Villanova the title because they'll be the early game. So they just award the title to Villanova and then um, move it on. Actually, no, I guess Villanova will be the late game, and they'll just go ahead and declare that game the national championship, um, and Villanova will win. It's quite the narrative you've crafted there. Oh, I know, yeah. And then I'll, and it also brings down the NCAA because it's really embarrassing. <laughs> And then, and then you step into power as the com- yeah. new commissioner. <laughs> step into the, the vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Cooper, what's your dream final four? Well, I'm not going to beat that. Um, so <laughs> on the one side of the bracket that I don't care about, I'd have Villanova versus Duke because that sounds like a fun matchup. I really don't know why, but that's just what happened. And then on the other side, I would have Xavier versus UC because who doesn't want to, you know, Cincinnati Crosstown shootout in the final four. Would it literally be a shootout? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, it most definitely would be. Revolvers and everything? Mm-hmm, for Who sure. Who won the actual shootout this year? Xavier. 
Mm. Yeah. Definitely be at least like one fight on the court. Mini fights in the stands. Uh, yeah, the stand would be like <laughs> it would it'd be insane. <laughs> no, no one makes it out of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna laugh when one of these actually comes true. Because <laughs> if you remember last year, like when we gave our serious picks, we were so terrible, and now these like our pipe dream, like off the cuff picks, are actually gonna be the ones that come true. Um, mine, my dream final four is kind of similar to John's in in a way. So I have Arizona, um, either. Missouri or North Carolina, either Auburn or Duke, and Villanova. And the common thread here is these are all schools that have been implicated in the Yahoo FBI investigation. Um, and so what would be hilarious to me is if in two years, whoever of those teams end up winning has to vacate their title, but then the second place runner-up has to vacate their title, and then the third, and then the fourth. But the vacated titles are not awarded to the teams who came in second. It's really dumb. They so just dumb. Go ahead and but that's how it works. Yeah. Anyway, I think it, we could, it would be like the FBI, uh, the FBI Final Four. It would be, become known as this like momentous turning point in college basketball history where all the bag-dropping schools and fake class schools were finally uh, um, arrested, exposed. Exposed. <laughs> I think what the title I, should just be UCF. You? Yeah, I can see the 30 for 30 now. Uh, all right. Anyway, um, all right. So we will check back in after week and number one of the college basketball tournament. Now we want to do, because uh, we spent a lot of time talking about college basketball and surprisingly soccer, um, a dope or not, where we're going to do a little bit around the horn of uh, all the other major sports that we have not talked about, hit them quickly. Uh, you know the format of dope or not. We mention something and simply describe if it's dope or not. And we'll start in the NFL because as we know, the NFL, the off season is the season. NFL season never ends. Uh, the Cleveland Browns made some moves this past week, uh, trading for Tyrod Taylor and also acquiring Jarvis Landry. They, uh, they sadly cut loose John, your man's Deshaun Kaiser uh, to the Green Bay Packers. I think Yeah, they traded him to the Packers. So I think that's a, a net gain for Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> So the future, the future is no longer Sean Kaiser. It is Tyrod Taylor, at least for the short-term future. Uh, is that dope or not? What the Browns did uh, to pretty seriously overhaul their uh, roster, uh, John? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of dope. Um, <laughs> Taking a real firm stance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Tyrod Taylor is not the quarterback of the future. I forget what they traded for him. Um, was it a fourth-round pick? No, they, they traded a couple assets. That was so. That was my problem with it. I think was they traded multiple draft picks for Tyrod Taylor. I think one draft pick is definitely defensible, but multiple gets a little problem problematic. I know the the Browns probably have draft picks to burn because they did one year of trusting the process and then fired everyone um, when they didn't immediately win everything. But like, I like this idea that they might actually try to build a football team for the first time. You know, it's kind of a novel idea to sign good players and then hope they play well for you instead of just throwing millions and millions of dollars at rookies every year and hoping they save your franchise. So kind of dope, but also like, yeah, I don't really care because um, they're the Browns. So Cooper, what about you? Oh, sorry. I'm trying to get you the exact... 
jumping exactly. in. Sorry, I was on uh-huh. mute. <laughs> it's okay. It was the top pick in the third round. Is there was one pick for? Oh, it was just one pick. Yeah, third round's a little and high. They, yeah, but they draft sixty four. They have the last pick in the second round too. So, I think it was pretty dope. And I actually, so my favorite part about this is, I think the Browns set themselves up for like a pretty like cool like house of cards like Francis Underwood kind of scenario. So they draft number one and two. Uh, this this upcoming year, and I mean not number one, two, number one and four. The Bills just traded, made a trade with the Bengals to get the Bengals' twelfth draft pick. So if I'm the Browns, what I do is I draft Saquon number one, and then at number four I offer it to the Bills, so that they can draft a quarterback that they now need because they got rid of Tyrod, and then so I gut them for next year too, which would be really fun. But in all seriousness, I think it's a good move for the Browns. I think. Tyrod can get them to five or six wins this year, which is much better than zero or one the past two years. Uh, the Jarvis Favorite Landry. Metrics. I know. <laughs> Jarvis Landry, I think, is a good wide receiver. Uh, now they have two uh, of those. They probably need more than two, but two is a good start. And I like where the Browns are heading. I think it's not dope because it didn't involve the Patriots. And uh, if there's one thing that Bill Belichick that will make me feel assured that the Patriots are going to be okay, it's that Bill Belichick is uh, exploits the Browns for a yeah, stupid trade. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be honest, I'm a little concerned it hasn't happened yet. Um, starting to have concerns about the Patriots. Got to be and... good signs for the Browns, though. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not trading with the Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> trade with the other division rival. Let's do baseball because it's almost here. We are so close to baseball. It's here. It's here. At, well, meaningful baseball. Okay. John, your Philadelphia Phillies. Just inked Jake Arietta to a three-year deal, a top of the rotation kind of guy. John, um, <laughs> is this dope or not? <laughs> um, yeah, tough I one. mean, I think it's dope. I don't think it's tough. I mean, the the Phillies are getting to the point in the rebuild where the young guys need to start producing. Um, and I read a great article on Five Thirty Eight the other day about how if you just used young players, you'd never win. So this is the next phase of the rebuild: is getting old players to come in and win with the young players. So I don't know, three years is what the Phillies wanted to give Jake Arrieta. He wanted five, six, or seven, and no one gave that to him. So he took three from Philadelphia, which is great. Um, So he'll be good for hopefully two seasons, and then we'll dump him in some trade so that we can get some prospect or somebody that'll help us win in, what, 2021 or something like that? I don't know. And hopefully win the World Series that year. I mean, we're not going to win the World Series this year unless we do, which would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> but I, it's it's neat. I liked watching Jake Arrieta play for the Cubs, and I'm excited to watch him play for the Phillies. And it's great to have another real pitcher besides Aaron Nola. So, yeah, pretty dope. Yeah. I agree. I think it is dope, but it actually reminds me a little bit of what the Royals did when they brought in G- uh, James Shields. Uh, like middle stages of their rebuild i guess it was towards the end of their rebuild um but you do need to at some point like you can only amass assets and draft picks for so long before you need to at least start building a core of like guys who if they won't be around when the rebuild's over to at least like help guys the younger guys learn how to be a big leaguer and learn like how to build a successful organization which jake arietta has obviously been a part of for his career with uh the cubs so i think it was dope yeah. And Cooper, do you care? Not at all. All I know is this sucks for Jake Arietta. 
like to go from the Cubs to the Phillies, and like that, that he was wanting a, like a six-year deal and ends up yeah, with three. He didn't Phillies. get what he he didn't get what he wanted, and then he landed at the Phillies. Yeah, yeah get out. Which isn't the like. I mean, he could have landed at the Reds, which would have been way worse. But it's still not like the Phillies aren't the Cubs. Um, so that yeah, yeah you're, you're just like the king of the like great analysis controversial there. takes. <laughs> I know. I mean, more than zero. But this is about as much as I can do with baseball. So, like, I'm pretty impressed. I'm doing this already. So, give me a break. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Let's do one more. Dope or not? Uh, Tiger Woods was fully back this past weekend in contention through Sunday. Ended up finishing in second place, one stroke back of the uh, the champion. Um, did you guys watch any of it? Did you guys tune in at all? I did. No, I did not. But I, we're, we're getting to the point where this is caring about golf season. Um, it is. So it's a little dope because of that. that one weekend where I care about golf. Yeah, the Masters. Coming pretty close to it. And then is it is it the U.S. Open or the P, or the PGA? Whatever one comes next, like I pay a little bit of attention to. The U.S. Open. Yeah, the U.S. The Open. British Open, I'll nap during the entire thing. <laughs> no, it's the Masters nap. That's like the. No, the, the Masters is too intense. I watch it. No, no, you get you uh, got you nap during the early rounds, and then you wait until afternoon on Sunday when the sun's setting true. and the azaleas are out, uh-huh. and you're just like, "Oh, this is great." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. The Saturday Master is like daytime; it's impossible to actually stay awake because you got like the music, like the the strings, and Jim Nance calling me up, saying hello, friends. The Masters, <laughs> um, unlike any other. <laughs> I think we just answered this one. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, Tiger Woods. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was super uh, dope. I think the fact that we're talking about golf right now shows how dope it was. Um, yeah, I mean, there, I don't think, I think Tiger's in his own category in golf when it comes to the fact that he changes like how popular the sport is. Unlike, like, he moves the needle unlike any other golfer I think ever has. Unlike any other. Yeah. Yeah. John, do you have anything to add? No, nope. just wanted to say unlike any other again. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. With that, let's do our waste of data. Uh, I will start and I'll let you guys finish it up. Um, someone, and this is actually a great idea. I just think I have some issues with how it was executed. Put together a Kanye West songs bracket, 64 Kanye West songs seated just like the NCAA tournament. Let me pull it up. There's some glaring misseedings. There's some glaring omissions. I don't know how much we want to get into it, but um, Waves, which is one of my favorite Kanye songs, is not even included. There's only two songs from Watch the Throne, his collab album with Jay-Z. And uh, maybe most egregious of all is that Bound 2, which is maybe his greatest <laughs> song, uh, is a 10 seed. It's like, it's like seeding Virginia as a 10 seed. All right, cool. You guys go ahead. Yep. Awesome. All right. <laughs> um, so my waste of data is um, the ringer, but not really the ringer. Um, kind of the ringer. I'll explain. Uh, so the ringer was doing kind of a kind of like that bracket, but they were doing Coach Cal's one and dones, but they were trying to vote. They're trying to have everyone vote on it, and they were they were doing Twitter polls. But I couldn't find. Um, it was really. It's really difficult to keep track of where they were doing all the voting because they were just individual tweets that were floating around everywhere. 
and I was trying to make sure De'Aaron Fox won. Um, it was very upsetting and really not intuitive at all. So maybe it's more Twitter, but it's really just like the ringer for the the format they chose. It was it's quite confusing and um, not conducive to me uh, to me voting. So voter suppression. Yeah, we should do a bracket since that this seems to be like the thing to do, like a bracket of non basketball things, like of episode titles or. Mm. Cooperisms. Mm. How many Cooperisms can you think of? Well, it's uh, let's see. Four wins is better than one. And um, it was six wins. Thank you. Six wins. I think you said five, actually. Um, <laughs> well, we'll go back and listen to the tape. Um, <laughs> or, and uh, the Phillies are not the Cubs. That's a that's a great one. All right, okay. we'll work on it. We'll work great. on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll put a pin in that one, Cooper. Please. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm into Twitter right now. You guys are just bored. Um, anyways, so... Do we uh, bore you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> a little bit. We started talking baseball, and that's what happens. Um, so I actually... I haven't done this in a while. Jeff does this pretty much every other weekend. Uh, so I feel like it's my turn. Is to give some good example of data. Recently in the NBA, there's been kind of a push started by DeMar DeRozan and then kind of followed up with Kevin Love uh, to be a little bit more open uh, when it comes to mental illness, uh, you know, depression and anxiety. I think that's a pretty cool move and a pretty cool trend um, and kind of fights against, I don't know, what kind of seems to be like a natural, I don't know, inclination to kind of ignore those things to, and that's more manly to kind of just, you know, not talk about them. And so, you know, big ups to Damar and Kevin Love for kind of sharing uh, their stories and uh, writing about them. I think it's pretty cool. Amen. Mm-hmm. I don't do that that often. No, it's probably like once a month. Yeah. It's only when something really cool happens, like the God's Plan music video. Yeah. <laughs> Still in my head. Uh, all right, that's the show for the week. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 50 of All the Small Takes. We really appreciate uh, all those who do listen uh, week in and week out. Uh, this is fun for us. We hope it's fun for you too. If you have thoughts on the show or uh, things that we got wrong, because there's probably a lot of them, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Cooper is very responsive when he's not right. talking about the Cavs. Yes. Yeah, when there's not a Cavs game on. So every other night. Yep. So just keep that in mind when you're tweeting. But uh, but no, let us know what you think. Uh, enjoy the weekend of college basketball. And until next time. Go Cats. You suck. <laughs> <laughs>